Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Hello and welcome once again to the Eye on the Ball Sports Podcast. This is your host Elaine Ingram. The Crooked Lake Triathlon is one of the most popular sporting events in South Armagh every year. Unfortunately this year it wasn't to be as the event had to be cancelled due to the pandemic. I spoke to Catherine Murphy who is one of the event organisers and has been for many many years after the difficult decision was made to call off the Crooked Lake Festival this year. Um, We spoke about her love of all things in Camla Lake and how she's been involved for many, many years in Camla Lake Water Festival events and how they intend to be back next year even bigger and better. One sport that is back, however, is cricket. And I had the great pleasure of speaking to Armagh Cricket Club's resident stats guru, Brian Weir. Brian has, for the past 52 years, been taking care of all the stats. He was scorer for Armagh Cricket Club. He's the man you want to go to if you want to know any stats to do with Armagh Cricket Club. So much so that in 2009, he was persuaded to write a book about it called Armagh Cricket Club 150 Not Out. It gives a wonderful account of the rich, rich history of Armagh Cricket Club and is a must-have for any cricket fans. Unfortunately, due to his age and underlying health conditions, Brian's had to watch the last three matches um, from the cocoon of his car. We spoke on Saturday evening after the match at the mall between Arma and Craiga was abandoned late on due to horrendous weather conditions. Brian had plenty of interesting stats to reveal and he also gave his take on how he thinks Arma are going to do this season. But before that, let's hear from our first guest, Catherine Murphy. Hi Catherine, it's really nice to meet you. Um, you have no Crooked Lake this year, I believe. Um, but this is uh, an event that's been going for a long, long time. Can you tell me about, you know, when it started and your involvement in it, maybe? It, it feels like a long time. Some years it feels like longer than others, I have to say. But you're correct. This is, uh, this is a year where, due to very strange circumstances, we haven't had a, a, an event this year um, due to social restrictions. And funnily enough, we had one other year where we weren't able to have a, a, a race and that was because we had very little water in the lake because we had the lake lowered so that there was um some new development work done to the lake so twice in 17 years we haven't had uh, an event um and we've been going since 2004 2004 was our very first uh, crooked lake triathlon and it all came about really from a conversation that happened in a pub, as most good things are. And we had um, we had been sitting in a pub, a group of friends, and we had been lamenting the fact that Camlock, for quite a number of years, hadn't had any kind of local festival events. I myself had been involved with Camlock Festival, Fela Camlocka. 
for many, many years and it had been very successful in its own right. But what we had kind of really noticed was that Camden Lake, during all that time that we were putting all the effort into doing lots of, of kind of family fun events in the village, Camden Lake had kind of lost some of its magic, had lost some of the appeal to local people. And that kind of got us talking and having a chat about that in the pub. But my association with Camel Lake goes back actually much further than that and my kind of love and my passion for not just um, Crooked Lake Triathlon but other stuff that we do in the lake as well, um, Camel Lake Water Festival and all year round we do um, swimming, both winter and summer swimming. But I'm originally from Newry, I'm not originally from Cambach. But when we lived in Newry as a teenager uh, and as a young teenager, um, my parents used to take us to Campbell Lake kind of nearly, you know, every good day during the summer. That's as nearly as far as we got during the summer. My dad had a speedboat. We didn't have very much in our house. There's 12 children in, in our house and we didn't have an awful lot, mummy. That's a lot. <laughs> Nine girls and three boys in, in our house. And as I say, we never, I never felt as if I um, missed out on anything, but times were tough, at, uh, obviously, when you're rearing that many children. And um, like mum would have made our clothes and baked all our own bread and made our own food. But yet we had a speedboat. <laughs> that was my father through and through. Just if he, if he felt that there was something that, you know, might be a bit of fun and we would get pleasure from as a family. He just put his mind to it and he went and he got a speedboat. So we used to travel out from Uri, as I say, you know, um, every good day that there was. We came out to Kelmer Lake. Uh, my mum had her wee um, stove, we gas stove, she took a pot of stew, we had stew and bread and diluted orange and we spent our days at Camber Lake. So Camber Lake's a very special kind of place for me, um, brings back great memories and as I say therefore I have a great passion for, for things that that we do here in Camber Lake. So as I say my association with it goes back much further than just the 17 years that I am involved with Cricket Lake Triathlon, it goes back much further than that. It's not often that you see, you know, such a huge community effort involved in things. Like Kamla, it's it's so it's so special uh-huh. that it involves the whole area. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, there has always been a, a good community spirit in Kamla. As I said, um, you know, prior to the Cricket Lake Triathlon, we had community festivals here in Camlock, so it is a kind of tradition. Um, there's been years that those um, local festivals have have been on the wane, and then they've kind of grown in popularity again, and then they've you know gone on the wane again. Cal- uh, Cricket Lake Triathlon has sustained, has been sustained now for seventeen years at this stage, and you're correct. There is a, there is a small core of people who organise it, and that organising. People, you wouldn't believe it, that organising starts in February and finishes around October time. And then you get, you know, a couple of months, two, three months of a break and then you start your organising again. And I suppose it's that effort uh, and that um, that want in us to, to put on the best event possible. And also then, as you say, you know, we have up to maybe 100 volunteers on the day. So yes, it's a lot of work for for months for a small core of people, but 
it's just fantastic that we know. I mean, I know who I can phone and just say, are you okay to, to do a marshal at the same point you did last year? Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. I'll come and do that for you. And we never have any problem at all, you know. And what we have also tried to do is, you know, always do our registration for the event in the village so that there's lots of people around, so that the athletes who come to do the events um, are here in the village and then they go and they use the local shops or they go in and have a pint in the local pub or, you know, things like that. So we, we very much try and marry what we're doing up at the lake with our life here in the village and there's a, there's a lovely saying and it's a, a saying that I, that I really really do love and it's that it takes a whole village um, to rear a child and it's that kind of sense that sense that okay we're all in this together here we'll all do the best for our village that we can and I think that permeates throughout the village and the village life. Fittingly enough you mentioned that uh, phrase we're all in this together yeah. which is quite fitting at the moment because that seems to be the the buzz the buzz phrase and this year, obviously with COVID, there has it was supposed to be on in June, wasn't it? Isn't yeah. it normally on in June? It's usually the first weekend in June. So this year we were scheduled for the 6th of June. And um, I suppose when COVID um, restrictions kicked in around March, around St. Patrick's Day, we kind of really had a sense at that stage, even that it probably was going to be impossible for us to do, certainly on the 6th of June. Um, we did hold out for a number of weeks because obviously, as I said, there's a lot of organising in it. So there's a lot of equipment to be purchased or to be booked, you know, so your timing chips have to be booked years um, or sorry, months uh, before the event. You've got your barriers to hire, um, your finished gantry. You've got lots of, of goodies to buy. So you need swimming hats, you need um, T-shirts printed which all costs a lot of money, obviously. So um, we did try and leave it a number of weeks to see is there going to be a possibility of us even doing it middle of the summer or towards the end of the summer. But it became just more and more apparent that we would have to, we were going to, it was going to be a great risk for us because we would have to have invested so much money in, in an event that it looked less and less likely that was going to be able to happen. So we unfortunately had to make the decision that we weren't going to do it for 2020. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But um, in terms of, you know, how it's grown over the years, I mean, it started off as a much smaller event than this. And I believe a few years ago you were selling out in like the, the hottest thing in town. It was selling yeah. out in in minutes, in I believe. Minutes, yeah. Our first year, as I say, the whole um, event started by a conversation in a pub. We were looking to see, well, what can we do? that can bring that kind of family sense back that I was speaking to you about earlier when we as a family used to go to Kemla Lake and it was full of families at that stage. Um, and that's what we then as a, as a group decided that we would try and do. We would try and bring events or an event to Kemla Lake that would bring that kind of family, um, family group back to the area, uh, back to the lake and, and just inject some life into it again. So yeah, in 2004, um, Patricia, who, uh, Patricia, my friend, and Patricia, who is our safety officer, said, well, why don't we do a triathlon? And I, hands up, looked at her and said, sounds great, what is it? And Patricia had had, had a boyfriend who had done triathlons Back then, 
I mean, you know, they weren't certainly weren't as popular as they are now. They're one of the it's one of the fastest growing sports in the world um, at the minute. So anyway, Patricia told me what it was that a triathlon was all about. And then what we decided to do was go and talk to a few people who knew a lot more about triathlons than we did. And we went to Newry and we spoke to a couple of people who back in the 70s and 80s had been doing triathlons. Um, so we spoke to legendary Tony Bagnell, Oliver Harkin, who's um, a fabulous triathlon coach, Sean Hughes, who's still in his late 50s doing triathlons. Um, and they gave us a sense of what it was that we needed to do. And because it was our first one, we were cautious and we limited it to 100 people. So our first event in 2004 was 100 people. And once we, we knew what we were doing and we knew we'd be good at it because we'd put our heart and soul into it, yet yeah, we just opened it up. And within a couple of years, as you say, the event was selling out in literally, you know, maybe 40 minutes, the whole event. And the most that we can accommodate in terms of the space we have is 600. Um, so... As I say, uh, yeah, great days when, when it was selling out. It still is one of the most popular triathlons on the Triathlon Ireland calendar. Well, yeah, Camla is so beautiful. I mean, you really are, you know, it's a picture perfect yeah. area. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's the word obviously has spread, you know, far and wide. And it even goes beyond Ireland. I'm sure there are um, athletes that come from, from different places. Mm. But triathlon, I mean, it's such a, yeah, it has just grown and, you know, so quickly you know that's become so so popular yeah what what is it about triathlon do you think that um, a lot of athletes seem to go for I think triathlon is a very sociable sport it's not a team sport so I mean it is an indi- individual sp- sport but triathletes by and far uh, are really supportive of each other and because quite a lot of people then join a club so we've got Newry Triathlon Club which you know, over the course of Crooked Lake Triathlon has grown and grown and grown. They've got, they have hundreds of members now, whereas back in 2004 when we started um, Crooked Lake Triathlon, they maybe had a, ha- had a handful of members. Um, so it's a very sociable sport. So people are there supporting each other. Um, we've also got a very good um, t- tradition here and a growing tradition of open water swimming which helps as well so we get a lot of people coming into the area to um use Kilmer Lake now as a kind of a, as a training uh, spot and it's perfect I mean Kilmer and the Ring of Gullion is perfect for triathlon training and for triathlons because you've got lakes obviously because you need water for swimming and you've got hills and you've got flat and you've got um, you know, plenty of roads that aren't too busy with traffic. And then there's great running and walking routes in it as well. So it's actually perfect. And it was a, a little hidden gem. As you say, we get people coming from, you know, mostly throughout Ireland, but certainly uh, from Britain as well. And we have had athletes from um, Australia and America. And we've had some Greek and Spanish um triathletes as well who have done Crooked Lake Triathlon and people are so surprised when they come into the area for the first time they can't believe it they can't believe that there's this beautiful lake and all these you know great views 
and maybe they, they only live an hour from it, you know. So, yeah, it's a great wee hidden gem. What are the disciplines in it and what way, what way do they actually operate? So there's certain distances of, of triathlon. So uh, Cricket Lake Triathlon is a sprint distance triathlon. So it's one of the fastest triathlons that you can do. So it's a 750 metre swim and it's a 20 kilometre cycle and it's a five kilometre run. Um, and then you've got the next distance up, which is Olympic distance. So it's double all those distances that I've just spoken to you about. And then you go up and you've got standard distance and then you've got half Ironman and then you've got full Ironman distances as well. So um, we've got a great um, Olympic distance triathlon, Newry Triathlon Club that I spoke to you about in Kilbrony Park. One of the toughest, one of the toughest um distance triathlons in the area but again one of the most beautiful swimming in Carlingford Lock and cycling up over the moors so how beautiful could it be and then running in Kilbrony Park absolutely perfect out of the three the running the swimming uh, and the cycling which do you think personally is the toughest or which do you think that most of the people who participate find the hardest maybe not the hardest but probably the one that gives them the most anxiety especially if they're new to triathlon is the swim um swimming in a pool is so so different than swimming in open water so for those who are new to the sport that's probably the the um discipline that they are most concerned about but once you're in that water and you're swimming and you're swimming among maybe 600 other people you know your adrenaline gets you pulled along in actual fact it's probably one of the safest um aspects of the of the race itself um, because you have so much boat cover. Uh, well, certainly we do. We are very serious about our, our health and safety. Um, so we would have lots of motorboats and kayaks in the water. A 750-metre swim, we do it in a triangle, so it's quite safe. You know, there's somebody who's got eyes on you all the time in terms of lifeguards or whatever. Certainly longer-distance swims, I suppose, would have a bit more danger to them. Cycling's probably the most dangerous because you're on open roads. And when you're in open roads, you have to obey the rules of the road. Um, just like any other cyclists, we don't do it on closed roads. In Europe, you do find a lot of triathlons, even sprint distance triathlons will be on closed roads. But it's so difficult to get roads closed here. Um, so probably cycling is one of the, is probably the most dangerous part of it. We actually had a guy who... Got out of the water and obviously when you start you you swim first and then you cycle and then you do your run and your legs are wobbly coming out of the water obviously but I know he jumped on his bike and he was starting his cycle and the first part of our cycle is actually uphill so it's flat for a little bit and then it goes uphill and as he was going uphill he went to adjust his glasses and he his bike tipped over into the ditch so he wasn't going at any speed at all. He uh, tipped over into the ditch. And unfortunately, he banged his head on a on a block, a breeze block that was in the ditch and knocked himself completely out. And a very unusual injury. So you have to be ready for all, all sorts when you're putting on an event that size. But as I say, he wasn't doing any speed. He wasn't even on the open part of the road at that stage. He was going uphill very slowly. And just one of those quirky incidents he... He just fell over and uh, if he had been two, one foot further along, 
he would have just hit grass, but he he hit a, a breeze block and knocked himself out. Yeah, strange. So he probably wake, woke up in the hospital and said, uh, "Did I finish the race?" In a, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, over the years, we've had to take some people out of the water just because they've become really tired. You know that it's it's new to them, and uh, the water at that time of the year for us, start of June. Not always terribly warm. It has to be fourteen degrees. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that. When mm. when do you start training? Like when does the water start to get warm enough? And do you wear wetsuits or do people um, brave it without them? Or? Okay. Okay. So all triathlon Ireland races, and we are a triathlon Ireland race. You have to wear a wetsuit in them. Now we here in Ireland would rarely ever have a time. I don't know of any time where the water would be too warm to wear a wetsuit, but. Um, the European Triathlon Association, they also have a, a wetsuit um, policy, but you can imagine that their waters sometimes get very, very warm. So you do hear of some athletes who go to do a triathlon in Spain and they have had to then make a special dispensation where they can come out of their wetsuit and, and swim in what we call skins. Um, but our water here rarely gets anything more than about 16 or 17 degrees um yeah that's definitely not too warm yeah although for us for us swimmers and i swim and i swim in, in skins i don't swim in a wetsuit that kind of feels quite balmy you know that 17 maybe 18 degrees yeah can feel we would say gosh that's like bath water you know it feels that warm. i suppose once you get in the water it's always the same it's it's, it's always colder when you get in and then once you get used yeah. to it I, seems to warm up yeah and sometimes actually the water feels warmer than when you get out when you get out it's you know the the wind chill that that makes you makes you cold but yeah usually as i say cricket lake triathlon is the start of june and the water temperatures really only starting to rise at that stage so it's usually about 14 degrees and in terms of people going in um to start their training usually last week in april first week in may so the water can be brave and chilly then at that stage but you know you have to get three or four weeks training in before you hit that water in june time and so the plans are going to be getting underway for um for next year pretty pretty soon yeah have you got a lot of other events coming up before that well again much like um happened with crooked lake triathlon we had camel lake water festival and it was um the 10th 11th and 12th of august but we've had to shelve our plans for that as well. Um, that was a full weekend of events and we've done that f- every year for, I think we might be on our eighth or ninth year. Um, so, but w- what we w- will do is do maybe virtual races. So we'll maybe do um, uh, uh, where we ask people using a Garmin to do a certain route or distance at their own leisure and then they send us in their Garmin uh, reading and when we know that they've done it then we um, will issue them with a medal or something like that where we don't have to you know get so it's social distancing yeah. racing that's yeah. a yeah novel way to try it's it a novel way to try it but uh, open water swimmers love their their swimming you know so try, just really trying to do anything that'll keep people in the water it's manageable i'm sure it is and it's really not the water that that is the difficult aspect of it it's um keeping people social socially distanced as they're changing and then as they're entering the water we've only got quite a small slipway in Camla lake so you know 20 people on the slipway is a lot of people you know and uh 
if 20 people turn up at Kemble Lake to swim as individuals, well, that's fine. They're taking that responsibility on themselves. But we as organisers, we couldn't have 20 or 30 people on a slipway. It's just, you know, it's just it's too dangerous. And too many people have made too many sacrifices over the last 15 or 16 weeks in terms of healthcare workers and that for us to be that irresponsible to, you know, to put a race on and, and have a pile of people, you know, waiting to go into the water. It's a... Uh, it's disappointing that we haven't had one for 2020, but we'll be back and we'll be better. We'll be bigger, bigger and better in in 2021. Um, oh, we've been very lucky, you know, we've been very lucky because we were talking about the support of the local community um, and we've had great support right down through the years from a number of different businesses and, and sponsors um, who have come on board with us and have who've stuck with us uh which we've been very very grateful of and uh this year we had um we had actually um intended to have a special award as part of cricket lake triathlon uh, first derivatives were one of our sponsors who've been with us for years and years and unfortunately um brian conlon ceo um died very young uh god rest him and we were to have a special award this year in memory of Brian, which we were really looking forward to um, to uh, handing out uh, our team event as one of our team um, events. So that's something that we'll, we're looking forward to doing in 2021, just in memory of Brian, you know. And so, yeah, we've great plans ahead. Do you ever have any opposition or anything around in, in the neighbourhood or is everybody on board? Have you ever had any, you know anybody opposing the events yeah. because you know the place gets busy or yeah. anything like that it can be difficult and marshalling on the days is not a, a, an easy task by any means we put lots of signage up for four weeks beforehand um, we have electronic signs and, and fixed signage going in and out of the village but realistically for four five hours during a Saturday most of the roads are closed down so the traffic slowed um and there's no diversions in place um but it is slowed down and that can be very frustrating for people it certainly can um and the local businesses are i have to say very patient with us um but there'd be a lot of people trying to travel through camelick village to go on somewhere else and they can get a bit frustrated um and we just ask that they you know they try and have a bit of patience with us it's one it's one day out of a full year and it brings so many visitors and so much business into the area that you know 99.9% of people are very supportive of it but of course you'll always get some people who yeah who just become yeah, a bit and it's june it's, just, it's becoming it's it's coming into the summer everybody should be in a good mood yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would think yeah there's no sign of you um hanging up your wetsuit anytime soon you're oh, sticking at it every year every year i say now this is the last year myself and patricia my friend as i say patricia mcparland and we both have been doing it from the very beginning and uh we always say yeah no we'll we'll hand it on to somebody else next year somebody else can take it over but sure every year we end up doing it you know anyway and um and you would miss it i can't, I can't imagine myself not doing it and it's still happening you know, because I'd be thinking on the day of it, I'd be saying, well, what what am I doing? You know, gosh, how, how am I not part of this when it's something that 
you know, we have grown uh, together, um, that small group of us. So I don't know. How many core organisers are there? Uh, I'd say you're probably talking six or seven. There's myself, as I said, and Patricia and uh, Jacqueline McClelland, good friend, um, Lorraine McKeown, who does all our registration for us. Um, yeah, you're probably talking six, six or seven people who who are the core workers. But as I say, over a hundred, easily over a hundred marshals and volunteers on the day to to help out with it. Yeah, it takes a village, as it, you said. It really does. As I say, the we say it takes a village to to rear a child. It takes a village to run a a triathlon as well. <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much for talking to me, Catherine. Oh, Liam, it was lovely to be speaking to you. No problem. And we look forward to you being back bigger and better next year. Great. And we look forward to it as well. Thanks, Liam. Thank you. As I mentioned earlier, um, my second guest today is Brian Weir. Unfortunately, as he's been cocooning with his wife, um, as I mentioned earlier, we had to have a conversation over the phone and um, as a result, I apologise for the poor quality of the line. Hello, William. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm well. It's raining. Did you have? Uh, did you get to sit outside in the at the mall today? Oh, I know. I don't sit outside. I just sit in the car. Yeah. Did you get to sit in your car? Um, most of the game then it was abandoned. It was about a quarter of an hour left. It was abandoned. Well, that's difficult for you being the stats person then. Uh, I mean, I will find out, but I don't know what this The rain was very heavy, wasn't it? It got very heavy, indeed. Yeah. And you, um, you know, you've... The reason I wanted to speak to you, because you are the person that knows everything there is to know about Armagh cricket. Um, uh, I believe that you found out well, some very interesting stats um, in their last match against their draw against Saintfield. About Mark Elliott and David Bullock? Do I know everything there is to know? Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Mark Elliott texted me actually and he said, I played today and it was my first decade. Has anybody done it before? And oddly enough, there were two of them, two of the sort of semi retired players, played last week, both of whom had played. not as hard on the on the the limbs then
Yeah. And you um, you wrote a book yourself back in 2009, I believe. Armagh Cricket yeah. Club, 150 not out. What, what, um, what prompted you to, to do that in the first place? What prompted me to do it was one of the players, Reggie Stinson, um, scored a right figure number of runs in his career, total became 5,000. And he asked me, had anybody ever done it before? I had no idea. And I do have a fair interest in local history. And I was already going to the library to do things for a bit our church, our Mount Baptist church, and also the football club that would never get written. And I thought, well, I can look up pregnant at the same time. And got all the statistics together. Yeah, another player, the late Trevor Barnes, came over to me one day at a match and said, What's this book probably written? Okay, you can't do all that research and then not make it into a book. So it became a book. Um, the research, when I thought it wasn't for a book, took quite a number of years. When I decided to make it into a book, probably another three or four years, the Cricket Club in Armagh was founded in 1859. So in 150th yeah, I mean, it's certainly a collector's item. Um, and Arma Cricket Club are one of the founding members of the Northern Ireland Cricket Union, I believe. So it really is, you know, something special to have for anybody, you know, for anybody who's interested in cricket. I mean, it's, and the mall is such a, a lovely spot. It is, I think, the second oldest ground for cricket hockey, any sports still in use. Lisbon Cricket Club have an older one. And they've been there since 1830. The mall has been used for cricket since something like 1846. It was used before there was a cricket club. This has been a labour of love for you, obviously. So have you always been interested in stats? I mean, I know I know you from out in the you know, the the football circuit as well, doing, you know, taking the stats of that. Is that just something you've always loved? Yes, I never see the point of going to a match and not knowing who the players are or going home and not knowing who has scored. Um, so if I'm going to a cricket match other than a man match or to a football match or a hockey match, I'd always like to know who the players are, who scored, write it down like notebook, it's a large notebook, but it, it wouldn't be for publication anywhere. But I still like to know, and yes, I've always taken an interest. I came to Armagh in 1968, so this is about 52 years ago if I lived in that the next month. Got interested in Armagh cricket 
And how do you think Armagh are going to do this season? I mean, they've started off well. It's it's great to be back for starters, don't you think? I mean, after sport being off for so long, it's nice to get it back up and running again. And nice to get it up and running. And, and that normally that's a hundred overs every other season. This season that's down to forty overs. So the shorter matches and the best teams won't necessarily win. Armagh won't finish top, but they won't finish near the bottom either. You think they'd be probably be mid table? And any standout players or anybody um, that you'll be looking out for this season? Um, we have a wicketkeeper called Gareth McCarter. Um, Gareth has dismissed 196 players of Hobart's. So we're looking for four more to get him up to 200. No, he hurt his hand at the Oh, he got injured today? No, he got injured last week. Okay. So he didn't play Oh, he didn't play today. today. Yeah. Um, we have a very good player called Harry Doyle. Harry is both a batsman and a bowler. And he took his 200th wicket two weeks ago. And he's close to 2,000 runs as well. Not that many players have got. Yeah. So he needs about another 36. Today he got not very many, but maybe he got five. So he needs another 31. Yeah, it's early days though. weather, you know, doesn't have an effect. Well, the bottom of the it did today, anyway, but... Well, if you get started and nearly finished, there's a formula for working out who gets the points. But if it rains all day and you never get started, then there's a, a room this season, because of the difficulty of getting matches arranged, that if they don't play, they don't rearrange it. yourself have been able to get out and about a little bit more i know you're still sitting in your car and watching games but i mean hopefully that will change you know in the coming weeks things are looking pretty good You know, there there are some matches. It depends on where they are, I suppose. If you, you know. know.
Yeah. Okay, well, listen, Brian, um, it's been really nice talking to you and um, I hope to see you out and about soon, sooner rather than later. And, you know, I just hope all this stuff clears up and we're all back, get back to normal. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to get all your news from Arma Eye. And I hope you join me next week. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.